I'm going to say a word, and I want you to notice if your body has any kind of physical reaction to hearing it. You ready? Money. (laughs) Did your gut tighten up a little bit? I know mine did and always does. Talking about money is a conversation that many of us avoid like the plague, but it can bring us comfort and peace of mind if we think about it and talk about it and plan ahead, especially when we're entering motherhood. How overwhelming can this time be with all of these additional expenses and costs and things that pop up and knowing how to prepare for it is key. However, we can be overly prepared financially and still be hit with unexpected challenges and experiences that we never even dreamt of. Well, today's guest, Jen Narciso, was in the midst of closing on a second home while she was pregnant with her second child, and this home was an investment that she was making for her children's future. But then the unimaginable happened. And I have to give you a trigger warning here. This episode contains discussion of loss and stillbirth. So if you would like to skip over her story, totally understandable, but you still want to learn how to financially prepare, skip ahead to minute 16 or so into the episode, and then you'll continue to learn. But if you keep listening, Jen walks us through the essential steps to get your money in line, preferably before pregnancy, if we can. But if you already have a child, it's never too late. You're listening to Mamas in Training, the podcast that gives aspiring and expecting first-time moms guidance and community from moms who have been there. And I am your host, Jessica Lorian. However, I am not yet a mom. An autoimmune disease has delayed my journey into motherhood. So I made it my mission, while I heal, to learn with you during this time all about motherhood so that together we can be as financially prepared as possible. And by the end of this episode, you will know where to begin, where to start talking about this conversation around money, how to navigate all of those miscellaneous expenses that come along with pregnancy and birth, and find comfort in knowing that it's through these tough but very important conversations that we can create generational wealth and support for our family. And now, on to Jen's story. In 2016, my mom was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And so my husband and I, I said to my husband, like, we need to have kids right away. I know we've been talking about it, but I need to have a child because I need my mom to know who this kid is. I my dreams I had wanted four, but I know and realistically we'd probably have two just because let's get through one and then figure out the rest. I was like, sure. We got pregnant with our daughter in 2016 so she was born in 2017 in january healthy happy everything was great quote unquote as great as pregnancy and having a newborn can be and (laughs) you know all the feels at that time and so i said okay let's get number two let's go right into it my husband's like how soon after (laughs) so it was i literally so she was born in january and then we got pregnant probably in april So it was like pretty quick. So maybe it was like six months later we got pregnant, but we had started trying 
as soon as I hit the three month mark, I remember saying, let's go. Because after three months, that was when it was safe to have another child. Mm-hmm. And so I said, all right, we're going to, we're, let's go for it. And he's like, oh my God, you just went through this. Are you sure? I'm like, yes, because I know I want more and my mom's getting sicker. So we got to do this. Like, I want her to know her grandchildren. So like, knock me up. Let's go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did. Thank- and again, it was pretty easy for the most part. Nothing was wrong. Everything was great, healthy. Going through the pregnancy, same things as last time. Uh, you know, went through all my doctor's appointments, went for all my, you know, checkups. And as I got into the third trimester, was going for regular visits. Everything was great. We get into the third trimester. Again, everything's great. I was 38 weeks pregnant. And I said, he's coming tonight. Let me, <laughs> he's going to be there. Don't worry about it. I'm going to sleep on the couch because I don't want to bother you. And then you'll just take me, you know, to the hospital. And our original plan, again, I'm like crazy. Like, who knows when they're going to go into labor? How can you plan (laughs) that, right? That's that's, My husband's like, yeah. And it's like, no, 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 he's coming. So our original plan was going to be that uh, my husband was going to take our daughter to daycare because her preschool was right near the hospital. And then Mm -hmm. my friend was going to meet me at the hospital just to kind of, you know, go through the initial because my last pregnancy, my water broke and I ended up having to go through, I think she was born in like 20 hour, you know, labory from start to finish. So I figured this was going to be long too. And sure enough, 1am hits and I start contracting and I'm like killed over on the floor. And I'm like, I think these are contractions though, because last time my water broke. So it was very clear I was in labor. This time I felt it and I knew he was coming. So I felt like, okay, this is it. But I still... I know it's crazy, but you kind of forget what it's like to be a <laughs> even exactly, though it was so yeah. <laughs> recent. It still to me was uh, new in a way. And so I tell my husband to come downstairs. He says, okay. And then I'm like, now I'm like really in pain. He's like, I think we really need to go now. So uh, we called his mom, who was about 40 minutes away, to get to the house because my friend wasn't pre- like no one was fully prepared for this at like this early in the morning because mm-hmm. uh, then now it was like 4 30 a.m so we called um we ran over to our neighbors and said can you just stay with our daughter because i gotta drive to, <laughs> to the hospital and so i think by the time we got ready and everything i think it was like around 6 a.m we get in and they do like the pre-screening or whatever I get on the table. Turns out I, w- I think I was about eight centimeters dilated already at that wow. time. So he, he was ready to come. And so I'm going through, again, the normal stuff. Everything was fine. I had just been to the doctor a few days earlier and everything was fine. And so um, they hook me. They get me on the table. They do their intake. And then the nurse comes in. Okay, fine. And the second nurse comes in. Then the doctor comes in. And another day, I'm like, okay, something's wrong. And I'm like, they're like, no, no, like, let's just wait. You know, and I'm like, I-, I don't understand why are there all these people coming in this? This is not normal. Right. And I'm laying there and my, hu- and my husband's like, I, I got to go get uh, our daughter. Like, can I leave and come back? And I said, no, something's wrong. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. Something's wrong. This is not right. I'm like, you're staying. <laughs> like, literally, like, you know, you're staying. And so he started, I could tell he was trying to like, he didn't know how to take that. Like, he didn't know what to do. And then um, an- another doctor comes in and she's like, I have to tell you, um, there's no heartbeat. And I said, whoa, 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 what do you mean there's no heartbeat? Like, check, like, he's down usually on my lower right side. Like, maybe he's hiding like this, this, I just was here. 
at the doctor, you know, I think it was like four days ago. There was nothing. There was, you know, I, I haven't. She's like, well, when was the last time you felt kicks? And I said, I honestly don't know. I, I didn't even really do kick counts because I've never even like like thought to do kick counts. Like it was never like a thing. And she's like, she's like, there's no heartbeat. And I was like, uh, and I'm like, I just, I don't understand that. Like, I, so what does this mean? She's like, well, we're going to, you're going to go through delivery and um, it's going to be really painful. And I'm like, well, is, is there a shot? Like, do I, you know, cause you know, you picture in the hospital, the scene where all the doctors are running to try to save the baby. And I was, that's what I was envisioning in my mind. And there'd be like this, okay, like I have a shot, you know? And so um, she's like, no, um, there's just no heartbeat. It means there's no life. And even at this point, I didn't understand what that fully meant. I said, all right, well, I want drugs. Give me drugs. I'm about to, like, I was now also contracting very heavily at this point, And I was not processing what was going on. And my husband just looked at me and he's, like bawling like he White. doesn't you know yeah. and he's trying to put up a front and so we walk into the and i remember every detail of that hallway i remember every detail of that room and i remember just laying there and trying to understand like i'm a, i'm about to deliver like how how does this happen why would god do this i don't understand like let him breathe life like how could you care like make me carry this like this beautiful boy, all these months to have nothing to it just, I was, I was like, no, 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 this is wrong. I was in total denial. And so, um, they gave me, uh, the Pitocin and, and, and I'm in labor for, uh, again, a few hours. So I'm trying to process this and, uh, the doctor comes eventually I'm at, I'm ready to go. And, the doctor makes it in and I remember her coming in and they had prepared her before. And so she comes in and she's trying to be really strong and she's trying to prepare me for what's about to happen. And, um, ugh, the worst sound in the world is the sound of silence when you deliver. Yeah. And we delivered a beautiful boy, Nathan. Um, he was perfect in size. I remember holding him and, just looking at him, I didn't want to disturb him. I didn't want to like touch him. So we didn't even unwrap him from the blanket. We just held him for as long as I could. It felt like like nothing, but we were there with him for a few hours. And um, I remember thinking like, what the heck do we do? <laughs> like, I don't understand. She's like, well, you can go home now. And I was like, but I'm going empty. Like my arms are empty. Yeah. And I remember they wheeled me out of the room and, uh, I had to say goodbye and we literally went home and planned a funeral like right away because um, the hospital would have kept him and put him in like, it was like a no name. Um, I don't want to say grave, but like burial where they put babies who don't get proper burial essentially. Cause it's very expensive to do a funeral and, and especially if you're not prepared for it. And so I remember going home and I, they wheeled me out of the hospital and I was like, this is, this is surreal. It was so like, I'm supposed to have this beautiful child and I have nothing like what? And I was starting to lactate and I was like, I'm supposed <laughs> to be nursing. Like what's happening. This is just wrong. in so many levels, Ugh, sorry. And, um, no, 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 I'm going to pause you for a second. 
Jen, I just want to thank you for your vulnerability. I know that you've probably told this story in many different ways and allowing me and our listeners to hear this vulnerability is so important. And I know it's probably one of the hardest things to go back and go through that, but I so appreciate you and I so appreciate your strength in being able to share this moment with us and sh- relive this. Cause I know it's probably the last thing that you wanted to do on this Thursday morning, <laughs> but truly I think, you know, this is something that is not talked about. And as we go into our conversation around money, it's something that's so important because we don't know what's going to happen and we want it. I hope everybody has a very positive experience and never has to go through something like this or anything else that's unexpected that comes up. I mean, there's a girl in our uh, Facebook community who recently posted up that she had that her son needed extra OT and different speech therapy. So there can be all different things that pop up, all these different expenses, all these different unexpected challenges and things that we have to go through And we need to make sure that we learn from people like yourselves who have the strength to share their stories and know how can we even begin to chip away at that. And so, first of all, just thank you, thank you, thank you. No, and thank you for giving me the platform to share it because one of the biggest things after his death was I need to share it because I need his memory to be for a blessing and so I need other people to know he existed, that he's here, that he's our angel baby. And I know, unfortunately, I know a lot of other moms who have been through this. And I know, I remember how they were around me before I went through it. And then I remember afterwards. And it, they're like, now I really get it. And I knew they got it. And so if you've been through this, I I, I get it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it's something that many people won't know. And also, don't feel like you need to share your story. Um, I heard this great, great line someone told me who had also been through the experience that you're going to be going about your day and people are going to ask you how many kids you have. And it's your right to say how many kids you have, or especially right afterwards, like people were expecting me to have a have a baby and like what I felt comfortable sharing. She said, you know, it's your story. And if you don't feel like telling the gross, the person in the grocery store, store when she asks you how many kids, if you say that you know you only have one at the time, you're not diminishing Nathan's existence in any way. You just don't feel like sharing with her the story, and she doesn't need to know. That is your personal right, and you should not feel guilty at all. That if you only say you have one kid, that you need to say that you have two or explain anything. You don't owe anybody anything. And that was so helpful to me for not feeling guilty because it's like, how many kids do I have? How many kids do I say I have? Like all these questions you start to think about. And I just, I just think that when you actually go through it, it's God willing, you won't. But if you need to go through this or anything like this, you know, you have every right to share as much or as little of the story that you want for whatever reason. And that's perfectly okay. And to feel good about whatever your decision is. Absolutely. I think it's so challenging to even know where to begin to prepare ourselves for motherhood, for 
parenthood, anything. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. And the financial side of things in general, never mind if we go through a traumatic experience like this or any other unexpected challenges that come up that are going to take more out of our pocket than we even expect. What are some things, I mean, you mentioned you had to immediately go home and plan a funeral, which is not any sort of expenses that you prepared for, especially already having a child at home. So what are some things that we can do that maybe you already had in place or you discovered in order to prepare ourselves for all of this? I mean, it seems very overwhelming, to be honest. It was. It was. Where can we start? We will, when we went to the funeral home to do this the pr- proper way, long story short, it was going to cost us about 12 grand to give him a proper burial. Oh my goodness. And granted, like we had a little bit of a unique case. My husband's not Jewish. I'm Jewish. He couldn't be buried in the cemetery with us. So we already had mm-hmm. land plots, but so we had to go to the mausoleum and for him to be buried with us so that he wouldn't just be buried with other people. We also had to purchase our own essentially kind of plots in it but again it's like how how could we not do this like of course we're going to be buried with our child like we're not gonna have next to strangers or bury like with who knows where so you know like it was never even a thought like it was money and my husband looked at me like i'm like are you can't believe you're asking me of course and this was literally that night after delivering and at the same time we were about to close on a house so we also needed to put down a down payment on We were buying our second home for essentially him. I'm all about real estate investing as a strategy for wealth building. And so we were literally buying a house for him. And I had to go close on this house. And I I was, it was very, very, very emotionally draining. Um, And I was just so grateful for some of the money things we had in place. And so a couple of things. And really, I emphasize, this is really money advice for anyone, but especially if you are trying to have a kid or you see kids in the future, I do have five like recommendations for people to kind of really get their money right. And so step one is sit down with your spouse, your significant other, or yourself, whomever, and really get your money house in order. And what I mean with that is first, you need to have the difficult money conversations. And if you need help with this, I have a guide on my website. You can go to investormama.com. It's 19 tips for navigating money in a relationship. But you really need to sit down with your significant other and ask the hard questions and make sure you really are on the same page with money because now you're going to have another life. So even if you had maybe everything was separate or you guys were doing your own thing, or maybe you were together, but really getting together and clarifying your money goals. And once you, after you do that, you really want to go through, I know it's a lot, but I really recommend 12 months of all your expenses. Go through every credit card, every dollar that went out the door for the past year. You can do three to six months, but I don't think that gives you a good picture. I think you really need 12 months of sitting down together and going through and seeing what maybe everything is fine and you're good. But either way, you just need to know where your money's going. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I really, really encourage that money date to really get on the same page and to really know where your expenses are. Also really know what you have. Go through all your savings accounts too. And these could be separate nights. This isn't all in one shot. But I just want you to start thinking about how to get your money in order. 
if you have debt, go through your debt, face it, own it. And another thing I also want to say is as I'm like talking about this, I want you to know that there's no shame if you have never done this before. And there's no expectation that you would know how to do this because this is not something taught in school. And it's just like parenting. It's like, you know, you go home and there's a child and you're supposed to just figure it out. And it's the same thing with money. You're just supposed to figure it out. So if you do have a lot of debt and you're like, ah, Jen, I really don't want to sit down with myself, let alone my spouse or partner, whomever, like, I don't want to do this. And my biggest advice is like, it's okay. Like, how would you know? And once you can kind of get over that hump of it's okay, you still have a responsibility to face it. And know, though, as you're going through these exercises together that let's say you do have, maybe you have a ton of student loan debt or maybe you have credit card debt. Maybe it's you're looking in six-figure debt and you're in overwhelm mode. And I want to let you know, whether you know about it or you don't know about it, you still have it. And at least if you know (laughs) it, you can plan and, and change it. And as long as you don't accumulate any more debt... Give yourself a high five, pat yourself on the back, because you're never going to get into any worse of a situation than you already are. I love the way that you articulated that too, especially in that first step of money dates. And so if you are with a partner and you're, or even if you're not, if you're a single person and you're going through this, put your, bring yourself on a money date. Um, Recently, something that my therapist has been working with me on are glimmers. And so those are things that, you know, light you up and make you feel good. And they can be as easy as lighting a candle or listening to a certain type of music, anything that just kind of brings you back toward yourself and, and grounds you. So maybe part of your money date with either yourself or with your partner includes some of those glimmers. What are those things that what's that environment that you want to create, whether it's that you do it at home or maybe you take some paperwork to the park or, you know, um, go out on an actual date and just bring some, you know, a notebook and paper and really talk about this. But wherever you can actually start to have the conversation. And I've seen in some of the work that you've done, the importance of you just saying also, you just have to start. So step one is to just get started and have these conversations. It's so good. Yeah. And also, if you already have kids, I'm all about generational wealth building. Yes. Have the money conversation in front of your kids, maybe not in detail, but the more we just normalize money in -hmm. our household, the better. Like, Don't be afraid to have a conversation about money in front of your kids. Like, let's say you do go through and you realize that, okay, you pick one thing to focus on that maybe after going through your expenses, you want to cut. And maybe you slip up. Talk about that in front of your kid. Yeah. <laughs> Let them know you messed up with money, but that you're working on it. Don't be afraid. Because the the reason why you don't know about money is because you weren't taught. So why Absolutely. wouldn't you want to teach your kids? And we started, honestly, when my daughter was two, we were she knew that we had rental properties and she would come with us when we would screen tenants and she was in the car when we would just drive around looking at houses. And she now at five talks about investing. And we even did a small business with her a couple weeks ago and she's not too young. And even with our two year old now. So I I should say after Nathan, we were very blessed with another child, a rainbow baby. And even that in the beginning, we had some scares, uh, that could have potentially have been very, very costly. And you're going to do anything you can for your kid. Like, there's just no question. For I should say, for most people, you're going to really try. 
And so doing these exercises and by doing Mm -hmm. these steps now, you also want to set yourself up in a position that down the road, you're the one taking care of your kids. Your kids don't have to take care of you. That is the greatest gift you can give them. Yeah. Like we're like a lot of the sandwich generation. And so a lot of us are also dealing now with aging parents and a lot of the baby boomers did not do these steps and have not prepared (laughs) properly. And now we're navigating that and then navigating our own kids. So the greatest gift you can give them is to just be financially set that they don't have to worry. And then when they get older, they can just start at zero and get their right foot and left foot forward and have their own families. And then you're taken care of and they can actually grow their own wealth then and focus on their kids, which kind of is how it should be. We shouldn't have to keep like sandwiching backwards. Yep. Yeah. Because we don't have enough money to do it. So after we have that meeting and you go through all your, um, uh, is to really go through all your expenses and really see where you can, uh, cut. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about spending where appropriate, but really go through and see where we can actually make some changes. So maybe you realize that your food bill is very high. And I will say the three biggest expenses typically people are going to have is food, housing, and transportation. So even if you can't obviously cut these, if you can get creative with things to just minimize costs, Maybe you don't buy the great house right away. Maybe you bring on someone to live with you. Maybe you do generational living. Maybe you uh, rent out a space in your house for, um, I know there's, I forgot the name of the site, but you could actually like rent out a room in your house for storage. So I don't, you know, you may not feel so comfortable with it, but I also know you could even rent out your driveway for some people who have like older cars. So there's anything you can take a liability or something that you lose money and create, make it an asset. I'm all about. So that those are, if you can really figure out those three are the heavy hitters, a way to minimize maybe meal prepping, different strategies. And I, I talk about all this on my podcast, so I won't go too much down the rabbit hole, but there's lots of ways you can and start saving and start cutting. But again, it's at least knowing where to cut, where to save. Absolutely. Uh, and so having that really clear and then From there, like I said, and you want to also make sure your assets and your debt, what you really want to do after that then is start to create an emergency fund. So that's, I guess that's really my step number two is really get the emergency fund. After you kind of get all these like little multi-steps within Mm. step one of getting your financial house in order, it's really getting an emergency fund. And there's so many, you know, these gurus say of what an emergency fund is good or not good. I say really, it's what makes you feel comfortable that if yeah. you really needed to have a worst case scenario, you would feel secure. So maybe it's three months of an income. Maybe it's 12 months of your income coming in. Maybe it's just a number. Maybe you wouldn't feel good until you had $10,000 or $50,000. Or maybe you're like, I really just want $1,000, whatever that number is. And I would also like to say, too, maybe you really wouldn't feel good at t- until you had, let's say, $10,000 in the bank, but that doesn't mean you can't get $500 in the bank. Like right. $10,000 may be really overwhelming and really, okay, that's like, I'm nowhere near there and fine, that's great. But let's just start then small. Start with just take 20 bucks a month, automate it, set it away, forget it, and just don't touch it. It doesn't have to be crazy, but just like have that in place. Because mm-hmm. you, you know the big bad wolf is going to come. It's just when. Like, you yeah. know the hot water heater is going to break on your house. <laughs> you know your car is going to break down. You know the holidays are going to come up and you're going to have to spend gifts. You know you're going to want to take a vacation. Like, you know all these things. We just yeah. never plan for it. 
Exactly. So just plan for it. And don't make it crazy, but just set it, forget it, automate, take your you out of the picture and, and just get that going. Again, 20 bucks a month just to start. And then as you get a little bit more comfortable, up it to 50 bucks, up it to 100 bucks. That's so helpful too, because I know there are many people, we were having this conversation about money in our, in our community on Facebook, and many people were looking for an actual number. Like, how much do I need to save? What did you all do? It's great to hear what other people did, of course, to then just give you an idea. But it really needs to be a personal thing and a personal number for you. And that's really important to know. And, and you can also have different categories. You know, it could be an emergency fund for, you know, XYZ random unexpected thing, but then it could also be an emergency fund for just living, um, you know, depending on how you want to organize or categorize, um, it's really important. I think one thing that comes up for a lot of women who are mamas in training or who are expecting are all the additional things that are going to pop up, whether it's, you know, when they're pregnant, they want to have acupuncture. That's not covered. All these things that aren't going to be covered, um, they want a doula. They want a lactation consultant. Yeah. Um, different things that are really, really important. And until this country get, gets it together I and know, we're able to have those things. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll not address that. No. But until that time comes, what can we do for that? Like, is there a way that you recommend splitting, you know, so we have an emergency fund, but then what about all these other things? Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's like for me personally, I'm a little neurotic. And so I have an emergency fund for every house we own. I have an emergency fund for the what ifs. I know that eventually we're going to need another car. So I have money set aside in a brokerage account because I, I know it's still a longer term, more of a midterm. So I kind of like to break it up short term, midterm, long term goals with money. And so for your short term, like the acupuncture, you should just have, or I shouldn't say you should, it's whatever you feel good about. Maybe you have one large sum of money, or maybe you really, if that's something that you really value, then put that. Um, I think it's a very personalized thing. I personally do not have a budget. What I personally do, which may not work for other people and people may be say, Jen, you're crazy. How could you not have a budget? What we do is we just automate everything off the top and then we just know that's how much we have. And that's how, and we've also have such a strong savings account that if we go a little bit over here or a little bit over there, I'm not worried, but we never really had lifestyle creep come in. Like we kind of just buy the same stuff and we, we, we did the plan once and now it's kind of automated. Now that may not work for some of you. Some of you may say, I really need a budget, then get a budget. And if you think you may want acupuncture or let's just call it baby stuff, like, cause there's always going to be baby stuff figure out. And, and also one other thing that's very expensive that we don't talk about is the cost to conceive could be super expensive. So even if you are planning for the acupuncture, you may still have to do step one, which could be thousands of dollars up front to plan for. And so, but none of that can even happen unless you do step one, which is to know where your money's at. Because then when you can have an actual see where it's going and what now you can make better educated decisions that let's say you want acupuncture or you think you want to have uh, a lactation consultant. You're not sure, but maybe you cut some other areas to then plan for these things. And then if you don't need the money, great, use it for a vacation or put it into savings or long-term investing, whatever your decisions are, 
And I know if some of you who may not have a lot of income may not have the luxury of making some of these choices, I totally get it. My then recommendation is because you can only cut so much. And I'm also a believer after everything we've been through of definitely you want to be present. And it's a balance of navigating, enjoying life now, the YOLO life, and then being smart with money. And I think it is important to acknowledge there is still that YOLO, like you still want to within reason. But if you have you know, you have to be responsible. If you have $10,000 or $20,000 in debt and you want to have a kid and, you know, maybe you don't want to, you're not going to get rid of all that debt because that's just too much, but maybe you start cutting it, cut back some of the expenses to go or the other than approaches to then get creative and how can we increase income, which has unlimited potential. And a lot of, again, gurus, I like to say, talk about all the how to cut, how to cut, how to cut and be frugal. Great. Okay. Yeah. But we still want to live our life. I really like Ramit Sethi. Um, he wrote, uh, what's that book called? Um, I Can Teach You to Be Rich. And I really like that mentality of, you know, there's only so much you can cut, but there's so much you can make. And why not create? Why not, like I said before, taking some of the things you already own and then figure out a way to monetize it? Or maybe it's side hustling. Like maybe you walk a couple dogs, uh, you know, maybe you Uber Eats. It may not be glamorous, but... If you're doing it for your, you have a goal, it makes it so much easier to then do whatever you need to do to get that goal or then decide not to do it, but then know, okay, then this is where I'm at and this is what I will be able to afford and this is what I won't be able to afford. But again, at least you'll know and you'll be armed with the information to make better decisions either way. I want to make sure we get to the other steps and I don't um, bypass those. Yeah. So the other thing, if you're planning on having a family and I'll kind of go high, I'm going high level to all these is you want to make sure you have the proper state docs in order and proper insurance in order. So if you do not have your wills, you do not have health, have healthcare directives. I highly encourage you to meet with an attorney I know there's a lot of, you know, zoo, uh, like legal things online you can do cheap. I personally have never done them because to me, this is very important. I want to make sure it's done right, but it can be very expensive. So I would say just do whatever you need to do to get something in order because the last thing you want to do, like my husband and I even talked about it. Like, you know, in this situation, Nathan was the one at risk, but what if it was a different pregnancy right. situation and I was at risk and something happened to me, <laughs> you know, and who, what would, what would Joe have chosen and what would it, you know, you know, and so you just never know what can happen. So you never want to put your kids in a position where something happens to you or both of you. And now your kids have no, you know, the, the right childcare that you would have wanted in place or the right, you know, how you want to allocate money to them in the future, all these things. And I know this is all scary and we don't want to talk about it, but mm -hmm. it's so, so important. That's why we have to, because it's scary. <laughs> yes. And that's why we have to. Um, one thing I know that also comes up is all of these additional little things, you know, the things yes. that we put on our registry, um, all these extra things that we need. Maybe it's formula. Is there any sort of tips that you recommend with all of these additional just expenses in general? Is that still just an emergency savings fund? How, we account how do we account for that? Yeah, I do think it could be an emergency fund, but I'm also all about figuring out how to get stuff for free. Yes. And so, you know, family, if you have a kid, chances are you're at the age where a lot of your friends are having kids. Or if not, you have mom groups where other people have had kids and who are dying to give away their stuff, clothes. Uh, maybe I won't do car suits, seats or, you know, 
but cribs maybe even I would be okay, honestly. Besides getting free, seeing who from family members, be very strategic on what you ask them to buy so you don't have to spend the money. Yes. So that's also a play. If you are fortunate enough to have people who can maybe buy certain things, I am all about optimizing it. Don't just if you have a registry, but you really know you want something and you feel like you just need to add things, don't, don't do that. Like have, and it all stems from having these difficult money conversations, but have the difficult money conversation. And maybe you really need the bassinet and you have one that you feel comfortable with, or maybe you don't get the fully high end one. Right. Just ask, just ask someone or ask your friends to maybe contribute. That's what we did. We had actually asked our friends. We had come up. I forgot what it was, but we had asked them instead of giving us shower gifts, just if you could all chip in for this one thing is what we really want. And we can then, you know, don't be afraid to speak up. Money's taboo because we make it a taboo, but it shouldn't be a taboo. Absolutely. There are a couple other things that I had notated down that I wanted to mention too, that I've come across on Facebook. There are things called buy nothing. It's called the buy nothing project. So there are buy nothing groups. So, um, you can check those out on, in your local area. Um, I actually did an interview with a company called Bulldog Liquidators. They're in Pennsylvania, but there might be some sort of liquidation store that you can go to where they get all of these extra products. They double check and make sure that they're still you know, in working order, but they sell them at a really low price. So maybe that's a great way. Um, and I think we often take your recommendation of shower and asking for certain specific things. I think we... We don't maximize on that enough. Um, I think we often think like, oh, well, let's just throw up a few more onesies or a few more of this and a few more of that. But like maybe put up a donation toward having a doula or toward a lactation consultant or toward childcare. Like depending on what type of coverage you or your partner are going to have, have people donate to childcare because there you go. That's another expense that you don't know how much that's going to be and you need to account for that. And I will say, so if you have the luxury of having someone that you can or you can figure out a way to work from home, you know, that's another major financial decision that is a very personal choice for moms of whether the cost benefit of you being home or not. And that's honestly why we wanted our money house in order is so that I wanted work optionality and to have the choice to to whatever decision we were going to make. And again, I know not everyone can do that. And that takes actually years of prior planning unless you have our high income earner and can just, you know, pivot. But there really honestly are no good solutions for the childcare issue. It's a major struggle that many people face and it's a huge problem in our country. I know that there's been talk of certain programs for, you know, universal pre-K and all of that. But right now that is a reality and that is something that you are definitely going to have to factor in if you do not have the luxury of having someone personally who can do it cheap. I know for us, we're in the Northeast and the cost, not to scare you, but the cost for one kid, I think was $1,500 a month, which is a mortgage for some people. And then for two kids, it was close to $3,000 a month. And then summer, that's not usually including summer, which is another, however much. So you're looking at a hefty expense. So it is real. I wish I could tell you there was a lot of like grants and all this. There really isn't. And so whatever your money decision is, again, it kind of comes down to the same thing. At least once you know all the information of where your money is, you can put the money on things you value. Maybe you really want to stay home and that's something you value. Well, then you're going to have to cut somewhere or figure out another way to make income 
to to really give you what you want out of life too, to kind of make sure you're comfortable with whatever decision you make. And with a lot of this childcare, um, just getting it started as well, I've heard that it can also take a really long time. So potentially even diving into that and doing the research, maybe even before you get pregnant or once you get pregnant, because sometimes these wait lists, depending on where you are in the country, yes. can be really, really long. So making sure that that doesn't, you know, interfere with your schedule of when you're supposed to get back to work or or your partner is or whatnot. A lot of this can sound overwhelming. Like, okay, I have to have money days, I have to plan this, I have to plan all this. Okay. And I, I get that. And I also know too, especially if you're struggling to conceive or maybe God forbid you have like a situation like I had where all the planning may be for naught. And then it's like even more depressing. Like when, um, I, I very superstitious and we did not actually plan much too much in advance because in case something like that happened. And of course it did after I, you know, planned all that of not planning. Um, so even with that, I would say it's really about you and your comfort level on even how much you want to plan. But if you can just spend a couple minutes at night to just even just to decide what you want to plan and what you don't want to plan, but the money stuff, I think that, you should be planning anyway, whether you have kids or don't have kids. It's absolutely. And then all the other stuff you're also going to navigate. You're going to talk to other moms. You're going to talk to other people and they're going to tell you which program's great and what they love and what they didn't like. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to make the decision yourself and just trust your gut because there's going to be information coming at you from every which way of the should, should, should. And that's like the worst thing a mom wants to hear, especially right before giving birth or right after giving birth. So just go easy and be gentle with yourself too. It might be hard, but anything really worthwhile in life is hard. Think about it. Anything mm -hmm. that's really, really great and meaningful, you probably worked really hard at. So if you want to live a life where you have the ability to make decisions for yourself, for your kids, your family, you're going to have to work hard. There's just no other way. But just think of how rewarding it will be at the end of it. And just like with childbirth, like, let's be honest, like getting pregnant, being pregnant, all of that can just take such not even a physical, but a mental toll on you. And then after you get a birth, it's like, okay, what the heck am I supposed to do? I don't know, like how yeah. to raise a child. But you figure it out. And hopefully along the way, you enjoy it. And so I encourage you to just kind of take stock in all of that. Enjoy the little moments, enjoy the special moments, but enjoy the journey overall because it's not going to be easy, but that's okay. Nothing worthwhile is. Okay. Step one, sit down for a money date, either with yourself or with your partner to clarify your money goals. Step two, Go through all of your expenses to see where your money goes daily, weekly, monthly, and where you can potentially cut, where you can make changes. Step number three, start an emergency fund and maybe even start multiple funds for different categories. Step four, start to get those proper state documents in order, your will, your healthcare directives, etc. And if you can, check in with somebody like a lawyer. And finally, step number five, how can you get creative during this time? Where can you get things for free? Hand-me-downs. Or how can you ask for donations, for contributions? It's important that we stop making money conversations so taboo. We have to have these conversations today with ourselves and with our partners. And when you have kids, or if you already have kids, have conversations with them too. 
It is in our hands to make sure that our future generation is way more financially aware and prepared compared to how we are today. You can find more info from Jen at Investor Mama, that's M-A-M-A, InvestorMama.com. You can check out her podcast and get connected with her there. Links to her will also be found in the show notes. And so now I want to ask you, do you want to learn more creative ways to save? Do you want to hear how other mamas have prepared for motherhood? Well, we have a place for you. Join us today in the Mamas in Training community on Facebook where we are having conversations about what to save for, what you need, what you don't need, and other savvy ways to financially prepare for motherhood. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes that says Facebook community, answer three very quick questions, and be welcomed in today. Be supported financially today. Remember, you don't have to do this alone. We're in this together. If you enjoyed the show today, new episodes release every Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And help us grow our mama community by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That way I know how to better serve you. And finally, I would love to connect on Instagram. You can find me at Mamas in Training Pod. That's M-A-M-A-S in Training P-O-D. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.